All right. I was just curious. I mean, because I'm not saying I I stalk your social media feed sure. or website like like at like a dangerous level, but I pay attention. Right. I, just, I don't. I just I don't remember seeing anything. So just, if I miss something, I'm just apologizing. But so I'm I'm excited. So I'll have to I'll have to check that out when you actually uh, get it up. You have to let me know. The one thing I'm interested to know is how the conversions improve. Yeah. From from said landing page because that's obviously what it's all about. So Josh, I have to I have to ask this question. Um, I'm curious, and I feel like I don't know if this is fair or not to you, but I feel like of the people I know, you are are are, are um, you have uh, you're you're no nonsense kind of guy. Would that be a fair statement? Absolutely. And is that I mean, I'm, obviously that's like intentional. That's like who you've always been. Like that's and you kind of approach your agency like that and. I'm always a little scared, you know, it's like if they're, if we're in an alley and there's broken beer bottles, I might run the other way sort of thing. But, um, you know, is it, how has that served your agency? I guess would be the question that I would ask. That's actually, so the funny thing is I've not always been that way. Okay. Um, when I first started in the agency in 06, uh, you know, I was just a producer and then kind of worked my way up. Once I took on a management role, I had, you know, at probably 30 years old, I was having to manage um, some folks that were seasoned, a lot more seasoned than I was. And I knew that if they, that, that I knew with that staff, I could not sit down and have a conversation about what we were going to do. I just had to make decisions and go with it. And right, wrong, or indifferent, that's the path that I took. And then I've kind of evolved into now that I'm in ownership, I'm starting to realize, you know, there's real money on the line here. And it's, you know, it's, it's our money. And I would like to be able to continue making that money and be able to continue to pay the bank and, you know, our other vendors. And sometimes you just have to be kind of no nonsense. You have to be black and white. Like I've got a business to run. I really want you on my team, all this kind of stuff, but we got to do it within the parameters of what we're setting out. And I can tell you that our staff now is, I can sit down and have a conversation with them about anything. I can ask them if I'm going to look at a new management system, I could get them all in the conference room and say, Hey, here's my thoughts. What do you think? And there wouldn't be bickering or arguing or moaning or anything like that. It would be, all right, well, let's take a look at that. What are you, why are you thinking about this? And there'd be a lot more collaboration. So kind of taking that hard line has gotten me to where I don't really have to be like that as much because that was, that's not, generally my personality um, before. Well, I mean, you start, well, you came into it from, you know, you came in as a producer and not in a family agency, right? Or is it a family agency? No, that's correct. I came in from the outside the, the, um, the owner of the agency, actually my, my wife met a guy to be an I group that stood up and said, Hey, we need some young folks to come in and perpetuate this agency too. And um, they wanted some, some people with finance degrees. And that was, you know, that was my background. So do you think, and I guess maybe that's where you might have the advantage. And I think maybe that's where a lot of the, the nonsense for lack of a better term sure. uh, comes in is that there's just people, there's a higher tolerance threshold when, you know, family's involved or, you know, whatever it's, it's again, it's, it feels like we, we, like you had said, we allow certain things to persist maybe longer or in a way that other industries wouldn't even think of. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. I would, I've seen other agencies that, you know, have the family dynamic that you, you want to make this decision, but 
because it's, you know, sister, brother, cousin, whatever, you can't do that. And not having that is, is, I think is an advantage for me because I've, I've been able, I've been able to take, I've been able to set emotions aside and make business decisions. Yeah. And I, you know, that's, I, it's always a good reminder, I think. And, uh, and, and, and I think that's the one thing that I don't want to say holds the industry back because I also think it's one of the things that makes the industry what it is, but it's, it's kind of, I think balancing that, uh, and, and, and being in an agency too, that apparently was it, was there a family involved in this agency at one point or was it always just kind of this? Um, no, it was, it was always, uh, the, the gentleman that owned it, that I bought it from Neil Zabo. He, his, uh, uh, his daughter is in real estate and his son is in manufacturing and just had no interest okay. in, in coming into the business at all. Okay. Interesting. Um, and so, I mean, so now that you found your way, like, what was that like? I mean, like going from a producer, how long, I mean, that, you're a relatively young guy, Josh, if I, if I remember, yep. um, I mean, how, it seems like that was a pretty quick ascension. What, what was that path like? So I started in 06 as a producer and I guess I was 23, I think. I don't know if my math will work out right, but I was 22, 23. And There'll be a, we'll, we'll review it at the end. Okay. <laughs> we, uh, so I, I, was in production and then, I mean, of course I'm still in production. I've, I've always been a producer, but I took on other tasks and roles throughout. Um, you know, after I'd been there three or four years, we looked at uh, bringing on another producer and I helped manage them. And then kind of, I moved into kind of the marketing role where we marketed our commercial accounts to carriers. And that, that helped get me into the relationship relationship side of things with our carriers, which I think is one of the most important pieces of an insurance agency. And, um, and then we bought an agency in 2012, 2011, that was about an hour away, but it was close to my original, I'm from Halls, which is just outside of Knoxville. So it was closer to Halls and I knew the area. And so I took on that role of really managing that agency, then took over really management of the agency, you know, the insurance group as a whole probably in 2013, somewhere in there. And I still, you know, I still consulted with, uh, with Neil on financial decisions, you know, stuff like that, but generally personnel and direction of the agency, I was able to, to kind of take over at that point and then bought the agency July 1st of 16. I'm kind of curious what you think, like what you said, the relationship with the carriers is one of the most important things. What, what does that look like for you? In an independent agency, especially on the commercial side, and I mean, we're largely commercial, about 70%, you're only as good as your relationship with your carriers. You can have the greatest rates. Yeah, you may have the hottest market at the time, but over the long term, you're only going to be as good as that relationship because you've got... You, You've got to you've got to have players that are willing to be there, you know, that are consistent, that aren't up and down. You know, this carrier is hot right now, but are they going to be out of the state in two years because they underpriced everything? And building that relationship and getting to know your carriers and knowing that they're truly partners, like we consider our carriers, I mean, they are partners of ours. And when something goes wrong, they're there for you. When the times are good, you know, you know, make sure you've got the profit sharing agreements in place and everything because everybody's kind of high fiving and cashing checks. So that that to me, that's just I mean, we spend a lot of time if there's a carrier event, 
we're usually there, you know, for our top three, four carriers. And, um, you know, there's expense in that, but I, I think there's no, no better substitute than the relationship with your underwriter, your marketing person, all the way up to, you know, management and executive levels. That's going to be my next question. How many do you kind of usually go to bat with uh, at any given time? Like how many of those true partnerships do you focus on or allow you to have, allow yeah. yourself so to have? We've got, uh, I mean, we've got, we've got contracts with multiple, but on an agency, our size, we've got, I'd say five that are really at any one time, truly our focus, you know, and, and, and where we're really looking to place business. You're always going to have a couple that kind of come in and out and, you know, are there, maybe they turn over their marketing rep or they turn under their under over their underwriters and they're having to, you're having to rebuild that relationship. But generally, I mean, you know, a lot of our business is with Frankenmuth Insurance. They're a you know, great regional carrier, very, very much understand the partnership side of things. I can give you an example of when uh, that came into play. We had that'd be, that'd be spectacular, Josh. Yeah. So we had a construction and excavating company insured who decided that he was going to also start hauling equipment for others. And so we went to our carrier, went to Frankenmuth and said, Hey, he's going to start carrying, you know, hauling for others. They agreed to stay on it. One day he calls me and says, Hey, one of our trucks just took out a bridge. I'm like, awesome. What? <laughs> so I just, I tell you, how's a truck take out a bridge? Yeah, it was, it, well, it was the, uh, it was actually the stuff they were hauling that took out the overpass. And so when it came down to it, they were hauling, they were supposed to be hauling other people's heavy equipment. What they were hauling was called a yard dog, which is kind of like a small truck, almost like a small semi truck that you use in and around it, you know, a, a construction yard to move equipment around. And it, kind of fell between the definition of heavy equipment or vehicle. And so the claim is turning in. It's a $185,000 claim. Frankenmuth's lawyers, Frankenmuth's claim adjuster said, we don't have to pay this. Frankenmuth's attorney said, we don't have to pay this. The uh, regional manager for Frankenmuth called me and said, what was your intent in covering this? And I said, you know, those to, to us, that's equipment. It's not a vehicle. It's not used on, uh, you know, over the road. So it's, it's no different than heavy equipment. Our intent was to cover it. He called the underwriter, said, what was your intent? She said, our intent was to cover it. They wrote a check for $185,000. If we didn't have a relationship, I don't think that happens. I think, you know, when, especially when their attorney is saying, you don't have to pay this. So, you know, that's, that's a, I mean, that, that saved us from an E&O claim. That's a, that's a pretty good example. Um, overpass only cost one hundred eighty-six thousand dollars. I felt like maybe it was the money. vehicle. It was. It wasn't the overpass that cost the money. It was the uh, the yard dogs that were destroyed. There were two of them. And I think they were ninety something thousand dollars a piece. Got it. Well, that makes sense. Uh, and so, how do you go? Well, good question. I mean, you say you're always at the carrier events. I mean, but how do you how do you make sure that you always have a good relationship because it's not just, I mean, that's, it's a two way sort of thing, right? It's like, you got to have that thing flowing both ways. Like what, what do you find are the best ways to keep it going? Treat your underwriters and marketing reps with respect. Um, you know, don't overwork them. Don't send them accounts that they're not going to get. Or if you, you know, if you have to block a market, you let them know up front, Hey, 
I've got to send this to you because I've got to block the market. Can you log it in? You know, just kind of set rules of the game up front and just, you know, somebody always has always told me, always take the high road with your carriers, no matter what, you know, sure. They're going to make um, decisions that you don't agree with. They'll come off an account, whatever. But he, this gentleman always said, always take the high road because you, you know, you just never know. And so I consider taking the high road, you know, not complaining about every little thing, you know, except that they've got to make, decisions. You've got to make decisions in your agency. They've got to make them to run their business and, and try and understand where they're coming from. If you do that, you know, then over the long term, yeah, we may get mad right now, but they'll help us out again, like in a, a scenario like that. If, if I'm known with Frankenmuth as being a, you know, an agent that just sends a bunch of business that they never write and they have a poor uh, conversion rate with, and I'm always complaining at all their meetings about their claims or whatever. If I'm that agent, you know, I just don't think that the the regional manager is coming to me saying, you know, what do you think we should do with this? And I think that, I think it, I don't know. I just think that pays dividends. I'm always amazed that the, like, it feels like the unnecessary guessing game of like spin the bottle we're forced to play, or there's just such a lack of communication in some regards of like, listen, tell us what you want. We'll tell you what we're after and we'll all be better off for it. But it feels like that's never really on a whole. You know, I mean, there are some that are yeah. focusing on that, but that doesn't happen as often as I think it should. And that's, you know, that's why we try to partner with those. When you find a carrier that does, you, you better wear out that relationship. Like you better, you better nurture it for everything you can. Yeah. And you don't, you know, when the next carrier comes along that happens to be the cheapest in town right now, you don't run out and grab a contract and start writing business with them. You know, if it makes sense, sure. But if you don't just do it simply because they're the cheapest rate, you, you find another reason to sell, you know, sell coverage. Uh, service claims, all that kind of stuff. So, and I think that that goes a long way to building those long-term lasting relationships. Yeah. Well, I was amazed, you know, early in my insurance career, I, I would be in those meetings with the marketing reps and be like, listen, what do you, you know, what do you want? What do you think? How do you think we could help you? And they never had an answer. And I'm like, like, if you don't know, how yeah. am I supposed to know? Um, and, and it was always, always fascinating to me. And like you'd said, you know, we, we get, kind of caught up with the latest and greatest um and i it's all kind of nonsense i don't know in some some ways it's 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 staying with the ones that have you know treated you well until what, what i guess let me ask this question what what is that you said you, you go to kind of bat with four to five carriers at any given moment when 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 is it when do you start to look for other options when do the eyes start to wander what has to happen like what are the scenarios it's like we, we might we might need can, to bring somebody else in i can give you a perfect scenario we had just recently over the past six months, we had a carrier that we submitted an account to another agent submitted an account to, and this is in commercial. And they gave a less expensive quote to the other agent than wouldn't match our quote. Oh. So the insured obviously bought, you know, we actually presented the, the carrier first and then the insured calls us and says, Hey, I got a cheaper quote from another agent and we're like, that's, you know, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. Well, it, it did happen and the other agent got it and the carrier refused to make it right. And they said, you know, we, we understand how it happened. They apologized. They were very apologetic and, you know, said, we see how it happened. We're working to fix that. And we said, Hey, you know, again, take the high road. We said, let's obviously we're not happy about it, but let's just kind of understand that let's not have this happen moving forward. And, you know, everybody makes mistakes, move on. 
Well, about three weeks or three months down the road, almost the exact same scenario happens, except that we were first in with a submission, which should have locked it in for us. And the other agent obtained like a blanket AOR to quote all of his carriers. They honored it and the insured didn't even know what he was signing. They never notified us that there was an AOR. So we didn't find out until, you know, a couple of weeks later that this other agent was now the agent on the account. And there was a very simple solution to this problem. Either pull both quotes and nobody gets to quote that carrier or, um, you know, give us their quote and, and, and give us equal quotes, whoever sells it wins. And they absolutely refused to do that. Wow. And at that point, I, you know, I had a conversation with the underwriting manager and I said, you know, we value relationships. We value partnerships. You are not acting like a partner right now. I would not do this to my partner and you are doing this to me. And, you know, he was apologetic, but he was, he held a hard line and said, well, we're not, we're not, we're just not going to do this. And at that point, it's probably time to start looking for a new partner. You know, they're, they're, that's business that could be, uh, that could be somewhere else where, again, one time is a mistake, you know, twice is a pattern and a habit. And it's not, that's not cool. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's interesting because I feel like that's a, a terrible experience for the consumer, right? And it's making like, yeah. and that's the one thing, if I like anything about health insurance, the one thing I like about health insurance is that the price is fixed. Like you can go, no matter yeah. where you go, same price, right? It doesn't really matter. Um, and there's, there's really no, no questions about it. And, and to have the consumer in the back of their mind think, oh, well, if I talk to this guy and this guy and this guy, um, you know, then I might get a better price. And they're focused on getting a better price as opposed to actually focusing on the coverage pieces of, of who's going to provide the best coverage. And exactly. it's much like um, it's much like the leasing game or like the car buying game, right? If Like where you have yeah. different, like within the same brand, different dealerships competing against each other. It's like, dude, I don't have time to call five dealerships to, you know, figure out that one's going to offer to me $100, a lot, you know, $100 cheaper a month or whatever it is. And yeah. that seems, seems kind of crazy to me. Funny thing is, so the insured did, in fact, point out that this was a cluster. And yeah. he said, this is, yeah. everybody looks dumb in this equation. Yeah. And the carrier never changed the agent of record from us to the other agent. So they delivered the policy to us. So we reviewed it and found, you know, seven different errors with it and took it out to the to the insured and said, you know, we can show you seven ways that your agent improperly did this. And so we sh he said, well, what's, you know, what's the deal? And, and he showed him one, this is David Evans account in our office. He showed him one of the errors and, uh, that, you know, didn't have the class code correct or whatever. And David said, you know, I'll be happy to, to walk through the rest of these, but I need to know that, you know, you're going to trust us with your insurance since we've done the right thing for you. And he said, well, you know, I don't know. And started hesitating. So David ripped the page out of the book and said, uh, <laughs> said, well, good luck. He said, by the way, I don't think I'd drive your car home tonight. If I were you, it's not covered. <laughs> and walked out the door. <laughs> that's uh, that's an insurance mic drop. If I've ever heard one. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It was awesome. Well, yeah. How big of a problem is that for the industry? That's so I've been in the industry 12 years. That's the first time that that's really, ha well, it's the second time that that's really happened. The other time, the other time wasn't quite the same because that carrier 
did allow multiple submissions from different agents. Um, the other agent got probably a little bit more favorable treatment, but hey, they've got the relationship with the carrier. If you can get that treatment, you deserve it, you know? So I, I don't think in, in the commercial world, I don't think it's I don't think it's huge. I think it's there, but I think technology there's most carriers technology will solve that problem. When did the submission come in? It's you know, timestamp, date stamp, they log it by either zip code, uh, phone number, not zip code, but phone number. Um you know, street address, FEIN number, something. But for whatever reason, this carrier just was a little bit behind on the technology and they, the two underwriters could not talk to each other and figure out whether the account had been submitted or not. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not as big of a deal as we might be making it out to be because everyone's got that story, right? You know, I'm, and maybe I'm maybe more prone to hear about them as I'm always poking and prodding for such, you know, tragedies. Sure. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I do think just the, the the general thesis of hey let's all get on the same page and realize that you know the more we understand where each other wants to go the better off we'll all be i think yeah absolutely um i mean so this has obviously been something that's served the agency well i would imagine right over the your, the course of your you know, kind of brief tenure at the helm yeah i mean i think you uh i think it's done done well for us because we've you know we've not had carrier turnover we've you know, we're able to ask for favors and, um, it helps. It really, it really helps you out when you're trying to get a, get a new account. Maybe it's a little bit outside of their appetite or something like that. I mean, it, it really does help. What, what do you see moving forward as far as those relationships go? Uh, and just the way that your agency is going to kind of look to operate with, you know, whether it's existing players, you know, reaching out, maybe getting some new markets or, you know, looking for just anything on that front, like what is like kind of your, if you have some sort of kind of plan or goal moving forward? We're pretty fortunate in East Tennessee that carriers don't, you know, come to the market and leave the market often. Uh, it's a pretty good place to write business. So I don't see a whole lot of movement. Um, you know, if we pick up a new carrier, there's got to be a reason for it. Again, either we had an issue with another carrier or they're offering a product that, another, you know, one of our carriers doesn't presently do. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think we're, we're pretty steady with what we've got. And the, and just, if you had to give, you know, again, a, a piece of advice to, you know, as, as I'm, as I'm talking to and kind of listening to the conversation of like the younger generation of agents getting into the business. And one of the first questions that always comes up is, is access, right? And then you hear the words, you know, some sort of couple letters thrown around like aggregator type this, that, or the other. And is that, do you guys, I guess one, it doesn't sound like, I'm assuming you guys don't have any partnerships like that maybe, but you know, what is, what is, what was your trick? I mean, I'm sure the agency was established, but um, any, any thoughts or advice to agents kind of getting in that game? Yeah. So to answer your first question, we actually are part of an aggregator oh, now. Jeez, I don't know. Uh, about you, Josh. I'm sorry. Well, that's it. We, that just happened a couple of years ago and that was only for, you know, profit sharing and override reasons. We did not need, yeah. we didn't do it for markets. It yeah. just happened that the one that we joined had a bunch of our markets. So um, it made a lot of sense for us, but the advice I would give to, to younger agents or newer agents or whatever is again, just, just treat carriers with respect. I mean, they are, they are partners treated as a partnership. It's not a one way street. It's not, you know, they can't, they're not selling any insurance without you. Hopefully, you know, that's an entirely different subject, but 
they're not, they're generally, they're not selling insurance without you and you're not selling insurance without them. Because if they don't have the product for you to sell, you got nothing to sell. If they don't have the sell, if they're not using direct con, you know, if they're only using independent agents, like we hope most of them are, um, then if, if you're not selling for them, they don't have anything to sell. It is, it is a two way street. It's a partnership. Treat it that way. Always take the high road, you know, make sure your submissions, it, it's as simple as it goes all the way down to when you submit something to a carrier, you know, put a, a cover sheet on it, telling them what the account is. Make sure your accord forms are filled out correctly. Make sure the EIN number is on there, the phone number, the email address. It's simple. We, when you do that, your underwriters, your marketing reps, you make their life easy, they'll make your life easy. If they get a submission that's got everything they need, they're going to write it and write it, you know, at the price that you need. If they get one where they're having to come back to you and ask you 30 questions, that's going to the bottom of the stack. I mean, I, I've had that conversation with multiple different underwriters. Is this really the way this works? And yes, it really is the way it works. If you give them a terrible submission, they're going to look at another submission before yours. If they get time for yours, yeah, maybe you write it. Maybe you get lucky. But, you know, I certainly want to give my accounts that I'm working on every chance I can to win the account. So just, just treat your treat your carriers with respect and as partnerships. And, you know, it's no different than, um, you know, treat them like you'd like to be treated. 